0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriagepodcast.
1: So before you and your spouse got married, everything was perfect. It was easy. It was natural. It was organic. But then you got married, and now it's not so pretty. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Erin Smalley. And Greg, um, I know that you've seen this time and again. Maybe you have a friend who experienced this kind of thing.
2: Certainly not. Me or no, us, no, 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 you're no. perfect. Yeah, we had a perfect engagement and then a perfect first couple <laughs> of, <laughs> of that years makes of marriage. Laugh. <laughs> you know, one of the things just hearing you say that, what comes to mind is I, 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 I feel like Aaron, we talked, we must have talked about this before we got married, but it really. Came into light once we were married was just figuring out like where to go to church. And we grew up very different. I grew up in the Southern Baptist denomination. Erin grew up Catholic, both believers, both passionate about our relationship with Christ. But man, I just, I think I assumed that she would go to where I was going to church. She assumed that we would go mm. to find the, you know, a great Catholic church nearby. And, and we really had to struggle through that. And that's and that's what's so funny is looking back. I mean, we knew all that about each other before we got married. Why did that not come up? It's yeah. like, a, well, we, we sh- probably should figure this one out. Yeah,
0: We didn't really do premarital counseling. We went to one session with our pastor and that was about it. And, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you're, this is not our recommendation. Irony. Exactly. The irony is now we tell couples you need eight to 10 hours. Yeah. So yes. we've.
0: Yeah, that doesn't work. (laughs) Because (laughs) we didn't talk about big issues like denomination and faith.
1: Yeah, well, there are small things and big things. We all have to work through those matters in our marriage. Uh, Let's go ahead and hear now from D.A. and Alicia Horton how they recognized issues in their marriage early on and what they did about that. Uh, They talked with Jim Daly and me to tell more of their story. You both knew each other in grade school, I think, right, elementary school, yeah, I mean, which is amazing yeah. in and of itself, because most couples today, you know, that's not their story, the way the transient nature of our culture, people moving in and out of towns, and you meet in college or something right. like that, but you you two knew each other in grade school, and you, you kind of, uh, I think, Alicia, you had a little bit of an eye on DA, <laughs>
3: if I remember correctly. Um,
4: well, I think... We could both say that we had an eye on each other. Yeah. Okay. So we What great. Give us a I, Well, we actually grew up in church together. That's okay. where we met at.
3: Okay. And what and so, what grade are you in at that I time? Know, we, I was I was about to go into 5th grade. 5th grade, okay. so 4th yeah. so and 4th fourth and 4th fourth, fourth and 4th fourth 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 grade. Fourth grade. think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's pros and cons to it. So yeah. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, that's romantic." Uh, not always so, because the baggage starts in our childhood.
1: Yeah, but there was a specific mm-hmm. incident that you had about that oh, time gosh, yes. that crushed you, oh, Alicia. Gosh, it did. What happened?
4: Well, how I recall it, my um, <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Um, Here he, we go. You may have blacked out during that time, but um, I do remember it just being a Sunday, and was it a Sunday night service? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our parents brought us back to uh, have service, and by that time, you know, all the children, everybody's together in a family service. And so I remember wanting to sit by him. We had mutual friends that hung out together, and I'm like, "Hey, I, you know, I want to sit by him." But by the time I got there, he was already at the end of the row. So I'm like, "Okay, I'll just sit at this side of the row." And so I remember saying, "Well, I had thought about this friendship ring that I wanted to give him."
3: You were serious.
4: I was serious. But It was a friendship <laughs> ring, right? Those neon ones. Yes. That, yeah, you get this from is the elementary school. Age. Exactly. Nothing serious. And I was like, oh, wow, I really like him. Um, I think prior to that, we did say we wanted to go together. We did the night before. Yeah, the night before. (laughs) We did. On a a three way phone (laughs) call with our friends, they they set it up and we were like, okay, yes, we'll go together. Okay, so I was excited at this time, ready to give him this ring. I get to the church and I was like, hey, pass this down and I'll let him pick it up from there. (laughs) So
3: So basically, there's 10 people in between Alicia and I, her brother, cousins, my cousins, friends, and She passes the ring down, and when it gets to me, uh, my mom had always told me a ring to a girl means marriage. And here I am, nine, 10 years old, thinking there's no way I can support a wife. I can't (laughs) even have a girlfriend. I'm sneaking behind. Literally, my mom's back to have Alicia as my girlfriend. I got to go to fifth grade. How am I going to put bills? That's, what, a that's, lot to go that's, that's what's mind. going through my mind. So yeah. I just I jump up in the middle of the service, and it's a large sanctuary. Seat's about 1250, and this is back in the, in the 80s, man. And so I jump up and say, I can't do this no more, and I throw the ring down, and I run out. And I was just like, it's too much pressure, and I ran. And that actually really deeply hurt Alicia. So that was the beginning of your conflict. That was the beginning. There
4: was no explanation, no, hey, this is too fast, nothing. I mean, he literally just got up and walked out of the church. And
3: we never addressed that until we were in our 20s. Right. I mean, that was the point in
1: the book is that everybody kind of laughed about it, but it really did hurt your feelings. And so your 20s come along. How did you pull the scab off of this feeling and say, hey, D.A.? Remember that day 10 years ago when we were in fifth grade?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd have to take it back just a little bit before that because even as teenagers, we grew up in youth group and we had mutual friends and we had a, a great friendship. But there was always this thing that he kept doing that I just did not catch on to. And he would, you know, have some of his friends come around and say, hey, do you think he's cute or you like him? And and I'm always like, no, I don't, I don't even know this person. Why would you ask me that? The whole time he finally... Confess that he wanted me to say, hey, I don't like them. I actually like you. And I'm like, what kind of twisted like games were you playing with me? And it was manipulation. He just wanted me to really say that I liked him and profess my love to him. But this whole time, I kept thinking he felt that I was promiscuous or I was that type of girl who liked all these different guys. Mm. So I just really built up a lot of like anger and hurt mm. on mm. top of what I experienced when I was little. So yeah, pull pulled that scab off in the 20s. I mean, we were just... I'm telling him, I'm like, I don't. Do you really fully want to commit to me? Do you really f- want to just deal with all the emotional baggage that that you contributed to? Like, can we talk about this? And he was a passive person, yeah, and was just like, no, you know, I'm sorry. But then we would trip on it, you know, later down the road yeah. through conversation because I would bring it back up again because we never addressed it, so.
1: Well, the Hortons tell some uh, really uh, great stories and have some great application as well. Um, they were really dealing with some pretty serious stuff there, Aaron. What is um, something you'd like to add in terms of kind of rebuilding what couples have to do when they're trying to reestablish the connection?
0: Mm-hmm. Often, what happens is there's an inflection within the relationship, a, a, a damaging event to the safety in the relationship. And couples, will maybe they talk about it once or twice, but they don't really dig into how did this impact me? How did this impact you? How did this impact our marriage? And it's worth going there because like we have said over and over again, we bury these things alive. We begin putting up walls to protect ourselves and thus that creates distance in the relationship. And what we're going for, what we want to do is create a relationship that feels like the safest place on earth.
2: Yeah. And I want to, let me add, don't ever do what I did to Erin early in our marriage when there were these injuries that she was talking about, these mistakes, these things between us that maybe didn't get dealt with is that my attitude towards her was you should be over this by now. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm I'm sorry why are you bringing this up now? Oh, mm-hmm.
0: that makes my skin. Color. <laughs> it
2: it <laughs> makes you feel like a complete idiot to uh-huh. even acknowledge well, that there was a reason you that. were
0: doing that. You felt completely failed when right. I would talk about these things, but we didn't know how to talk about so it. So
1: give us, give us some language. What's a way you could have said something in a more positive way or a more opening way.
2: Yeah. If, if, if your spouse is bringing up a past hurt, um, instead of you getting defensive because it's stirring up your own mistakes or failure, whatever, see it as an opportunity. And I know that that almost sounds like a motivational poster, a little bumper sticker. Consider yeah. it as an opportunity, but honestly, it is. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity here. If they're bringing something up, the issue isn't, well, you're not over it, The issue is something's been stirred up. Grief works that way. Pain works that way. We all have scars. Those don't go away. And sometimes they get nicked. Sometimes something will come up. And if I'm willing to be curious with Aaron and just go, huh, wow, that's, I thought we dealt with this, but that's okay. It sounds like there's something more that you'd love for me to understand. See, that's the point. Hmm is that if Erin is bringing it up, at some level she has felt that I really haven't heard her. Maybe there's something else that she became aware of and she really wants me to value that, value her emotions, value her experience. And so all I have to do is just go, okay, um, I first have to in my mind go, I'm okay, this is okay. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad husband It just means there's, there's something that got triggered for Aaron. Okay. So let me just be curious And and that's, we've talked about this before, but I love these three little words. Just help me understand. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to give her a lecture. Wait, that was like five years ago. What's wrong with you? That's not how it happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it it that way.
2: Instead, if I just say, huh. Yeah, I can. Yeah, something has happened that that you want to talk about this. So, okay, let me. I'm gonna be the listener. Tell to, to help, me, help me to understand what what what's going on for you right now.
0: But what's key is as you're listening, to just be compassionate. And to care about your spouse's experience. And now let's be honest, this isn't always gonna go, you know, step one, step two, step three. It's gonna be messy. Sometimes it's not gonna go well initially. You will get defensive mm-hmm. or you Triggered. will invalidate your yeah. spouse. But the the great news is we always have the opportunity to step away and reflect on what just happened there? Why did I react so violently?
1: Okay, so let me just ask real quick, because I think there are some people who feel like if we get into this Now we have to resolve this Mm -mm. to both of our satisfaction before the sun goes down, because that's good Christian uh, practice. Go ahead and address that.
2: Well, I would say if that's your goal, you'll never be successful. If your goal is to resolve this, you know, even before the sun goes down, it's impossible. Because? Because resolving will never happen. Hmm. What can happen is for you just to care about what happened that's a much better goal if if I need her to resolve how she feels or to resolve this issue once and for all it doesn't leave room for grief to do its thing which it might pop up again versus if my goal is genuinely in this moment something's going on for her I just want to care about that I don't anything mm-hmm. solved? She didn't need to be fixed. This issue—it's a scar. Okay, it's there. Let me let me just care, be compassionate, have empathy. That—that's what I mean by care. Got it.
0: Well, and you—you will never be in that place of caring if you haven't cared for your own heart first. Mm-hmm. So, when with that scripture, so many couples like we have to stay up all night long and solve this, but really, the, we believe what it's saying is um, get your own heart open, and so, and you can do that between you and God, so you can show up. Um, And have a great conversation. And it may be after you've slept throughout the night and you get perspective.
1: Yes. How many fatigued couples Uh, begin arguments and it ends poorly and that's the cycle. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just looking at, get your own heart back open. We'll work this out. And even before you go to sleep at night to say, hey, I love you and we'll work this out, but let's sleep. And in the morning we can talk, or later on tomorrow Boy, we can talk.
1: I can just feel it's going to be chilly that night, though.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It might be. Yeah. It, but it could but,
1: be, but the good news is you've got the next night, and there, the next night, and the next night. There was a poster I saw when I was a fairly new believer, and uh, I, I still think it's so uh, profound. I, it's not in the scripture, but it just was a poster of a big like redwood tree, and it said, Things take time. And I think if we could just pull back and say, mm, hey, good. you know what? I'm committed to you. This is really hard, but can we just put a timeout right here yes. and pick it up tomorrow? Yeah. I think that can go a long way because you're not going to fix everything. No.
2: And to your point, John, actually at the end of the day, that's all your spouse wants to know is, are you going to be there for yeah. me? When this stuff comes back up, will you be there?
1: Well, we want to be here for you, and if you've got issues that are just, you're struggling with it, if you've got communication challenges or uh, you're fighting and you can't figure out how to get out of those cycles of of arguments, uh, go ahead and give us a call. We have caring Christian counselors here. Uh, They'll have an initial consultation with you, and if you need, they'll make a local referral to somebody in your area. Uh, We can schedule that consultation when you call 800-A-FAMILY. 800-232-6459. 800-232-6459. And then we do have the Hortons' book. It's called Enter the Ring. It tells more of their story, has some great marriage insights. It'll be uh, our thank you gift when you contribute to the ministry here and help us help marriages worldwide. Make a donation today when you call 800 A Family, or look for details at focusonthefamily.com marriagepodcast. If you can, please take a moment and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. uh, We always appreciate your feedback. And uh, for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of the Smallies and the rest of the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.